Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on Series 9. Now, this is the second episode of Series 9 where I'm dropping in with my past guests' parents. Um, I always had the question, what did your parents do? How did you become an Olympian? Uh, So I thought I would reach out to some of my friends and see if their parents wanted to come on the show. And I've been very lucky to have two guests so far. Let me introduce you to episode 75's guest that we will be dropping in with today. This guest son was on episode 49, where we discussed the shoulder season blues. This mother was born in South Africa and came from a large family. At that time, there weren't any athletes in the family. She's a trained nurse. She's trained as a nurse and is a midwife. She came to Canada in 1982. Now, coming from a family with no athletes, sport became part of all four of her children's lives. Skating, hockey, tennis, gymnastics, dance, and various instruments were part of her children's lives. To say the least, it was busy as she continued practicing midwifery. This mother, grandmother, midwife, nurse, Olympic parent could get a call at any moment to deliver a baby. Let me introduce Linda Moscovich. Hi. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for dropping in today. Now, I do know that you said I could be delivering a child at any moment. Is that right? <laughs> Personally, no, but catching one, yes. Catching one. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Are you ready to drop in on our 10 rapid fire questions that are never rapid fire? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, number one. You said that there were no like athletes in your family, but did you grow up doing any sports? Um, not in any intense way, just sort of extracurricular sports at school. I played field hockey, that sort of thing, but never on a on a level that went beyond after school. Okay. Events. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And um, I think Dylan, sorry, I would just add Dylan's dad. Um, played the same thing, played hockey, but okay. um, not on a professional level. Okay. And where in the world, number two, where in the world are you today? Toronto, Ontario. Awesome. <laughs> Very nice. What's the weather like there right now? So it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it's yep. February 23rd for those yep. listeners. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Terrible. It's very windy and cold here right now in Whistler. Yeah, we had a snowstorm last night. So you would like that as a <laughs> snow product. You got Lots it. Lots of snow piled up outside my door. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Now, number three, you said that your kids did a plethora of sports. When they were younger, what was offered to them after school? Um, really nothing was part of the after-school curriculum. It was all sort of. Uh, sought out by myself okay I had a very active little boy who needed (laughs) to be channeled (laughs) and that was Dylan yep (laughs) okay very cool um number four what was the last book that you read the last book that I read oh give me a moment I'm in the middle of reading um spare 
Oh, you are reading it. I just thought I really want to hear. Well, I'm listening. I like audiobooks, so I'm yep. listening. Perfect. But I listen to an audiobook every every day. So I'm yeah. just rolling one book into another. Oh, I like that. That's a good mm-hmm. inside scoop there. Mm. Um, number five, what school did your children go to and why did you choose that path for them? Wow. So my um, children went to an alternative school because um, I felt like there was a little bit more of individualized teaching and um, a little different approach as opposed to the standard curriculum that was enforced on everybody despite their learning needs. Okay. I like, I love that question because our our previous guest, she did the same thing. And I was like, oh, super interesting. My parents put me in French immersion when we were in Toronto. um, And then I had to learn English before we moved out to Whistler. So everyone's got a different path and a different story. It's it's super interesting Mm -hmm. to learn. Um, Number seven, how active is your lifestyle now? In terms of uh, act- like activity, I'm very active. I'm very busy. I obviously not in this weather, but I like to bike a lot. I exercise, but I love to ski. But I broke my leg a couple of years ago, so mm. I haven't skied since. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love scuba diving. Nice. So everything requires sort of travel to do it. Fair, except for biking. Except biking, yeah. Biking yeah. in Toronto is pretty fun too. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I use it as okay. my major form of transportation. Ah, oh, perfect. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Um, okay, number eight. This is a question pretty much just for me, but I'm sure it'll help the listeners as well. How do you motivate yourself on days that you might be like lacking motivation to do something active or get outside? How do I motivate myself? Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty self-motivated person, yeah. um, so I don't find I need a lot of motivation. I mean, the motivation really is when I've been up all night delivering a baby and I'm exhausted and thinking, eh, do I want to exercise or not? <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. But, yeah, but. But I, I don't really struggle too much with that. Okay. Okay. Um, this is an easier one. Number nine, what makes you smile? My grandbabies. Uh-huh. And how many grandbabies <laughs> do you have now? I have four. My oh, wow. one daughter, who's just younger than Dylan, has three boys between oh, five and four months. And I have a granddaughter who my third child, Misha, is, uh, who is eight months. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> um, my parents are probably really jealous. <laughs> they don't yeah. have any grandchildren yet. Oh, uh, number the best. <laughs> <laughs> number 10, the last one of the rapid fire. Did you know about your kids' passions at a young age? Absolutely. You knew? It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go uh, through each one and what they were, if you don't mind? Sure. Um, well, it kind of started with Dylan as the okay. oldest, um, was a very active little boy. And yeah. um, he, we used to walk past the park every day. There was a, uh, a frozen 
like pond ice rink and he all he wanted to do was skate and he was had just started walking and his <laughs> first word was Kate, 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 Kate and I couldn't get enough uh, for him. I ended up seeking out indoor rinks because they weren't as cold for me and him yeah. and um, pretty much by the time he was, you know, five years old, he was talking about winning the Olympics. No way. I don't know if I even asked him that. That's funny. Yeah, like he just had this idea. He had weird, I loved watching sports. Um, yeah. So had always watched figure skating and he yeah. just was obsessed with skating. Oh and gosh, if he, all, I tried to put him in other sports as well. So he mm -hmm. played hockey, he played elite hockey, he played um, uh, tennis, he played baseball. I mean, it just, he did ballet, he did all kinds of sort of extra things. And yeah. at 12, he just said, skating, I don't want to do anything else because I might get hurt and it will affect my skating. <sighs> Love it. Oh my so God. that was it. And so, cool. so that was Dylan. And that yeah. went on until he was in his 30s. So, mm -hmm. And now he doesn't like the cold. <laughs> I know. He has to live in Costa Rica. Not and a bad then, place. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been yet. My second daughter, um, mm -hmm. I kind of, because we were at the rink all the time, it sort of evolved that they all ended up skating at okay. some point. Right. Because. Yeah. From a young age, they were sitting in the ring, so they were on the ice. Mm -hmm. um, so Tashi, or Natasha is the second one, uh, mm -hmm. she skated and then did the typical 13-year-old, like, I'm not doing this, I want to have a social <laughs> life. I, I, right. I she, she wasn't um, achieving the same success as her mm -hmm. brother was. So she she did well, but she just wasn't at that sort of national level. Right. So she, And she played viola in a, a youth orchestra. She cool. did hip-hop dance and kind of did her thing. Okay. Um, and then the third one was probably one of my most talented kids, um, but with the most... Um, different way of looking at the world I would say he was okay. just a real dreamer out there very very talented he skated he yeah. ended up playing professional tennis he was on tour in Australia oh. um, that wasn't working out as well as he wanted it to because you know thinking oh I'm just going to reach the top very quickly and as we know that doesn't always happen <laughs> and I think Having a brother who was achieving such a high level of success mm -hmm. was always, I always felt badly because that was almost the standard right, in right. the family. So trying to have them understand, like, you don't have to be matching yeah. that in what you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's, he's um, he no longer does any sport. He's 30 you know years old and, and yeah. doing great in his life he's a volunteer firefighter but looking at doing that as well so yeah you know cool. he's, mm. he's he's got his his journey yeah. and my youngest actually is the most interesting because she is nine years younger than dylan yeah and ended up um on the ice very 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 early because she i couldn't keep her off the ice when everybody was on the ice and she ended up um being dylan's pair partner oh. for like seven years and they won 
the, from the low pre-novice, novice, junior national title, we're on the yeah. senior national team, but she was too young to compete internationally. And then, yeah, what is the what is the age for figure skating? Like fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, and she was nine years younger. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he and then she unfortunately she also did um, provincial level competitive gymnastics, which kind of enhanced her skating. And then okay. unfortunately she got a very severe back injury, got a, a early onset, a rapid onset scoliosis and oh had to God. quit skating. And then Dylan got a new partner and that yeah. took off in a different trajectory for him. Okay. And how's she doing now? She, um, she's great. She's, um, she's doesn't, she's not in any sport. Her back is not great, but it's, okay. um, she's okay. She's okay. okay. She's wow. Good. It's that's a lot of kids you have. And the, yeah. the previous guest I had had four children too. Yeah. I come from a family of um I have a brother and a half sister. So my brother and I are both in in Whistler. Um oh. but my sister's over in the UK. And mm-hmm. uh that's I don't know how how you would have I guess like it's cool that everyone wanted to get into well Dylan was skating the oldest mm-hmm. so everyone kind of followed suit there yeah, but, but then sort of diversified except for Kira the youngest and actually she just came back from spending the last few years um traveling on a little sailboat with her boyfriend around the Caribbean so had a great covid time because they were stuck on a little sailboat traveling through the Caribbean and so I now, love that. Yeah. So just so all cool. very different kids, very different personalities, um, but all kind of started with the sport thing because of Dylan. <laughs> and 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 so it's funny the way that he fell into it. He just like saw the ice or did he see skaters I, and like I, I, it's the strangest thing. I, I just can't even myself understand it. It's <laughs> like it was some and I didn't even know how to skate. Amazing. So, did you learn how did you learn how to skate? I learned how to basically be able to go on the ice with him between my legs because <laughs> you know, but um yeah, he just was drawn to it and it was always what he defaulted to. He would miss hockey games for skating, he would miss baseball games for skating, he would just miss passion. birthday parties, he would miss so many things and out of choice. He was never ever forced into doing that. So he had a lot of self-motivation when it came to doing that yeah so cool I love that so I guess Mm. like just chatting about what it took for you to watch your child compete and then make it through the lower levels and then going to the higher levels and then being at the Olympics what what was that like for you you know I, I it's probably one of the most amazing experiences, like how many people, I mean, you know yourself, how many people start off in a sport and how many people actually end up at the Olympics and then how many people actually win a medal at the Olympics. I know. Right. So it's a very, very, very long journey. And I think with Dylan, his journey was incredibly long because he was a late bloomer. He was always (laughs) good, but he had to work really hard and he, Because of his skating, I think with his sister, he missed out on on sort of getting fast into the higher levels, okay. um, but waiting around to do more internationals. And then once he was able to go to internationals, his career took off in a much so better way. Cool. So a little bit of guilt as a, as a mother thinking, should we have 
pulled the plug on him skating with his sister earlier and but i think it all worked the way it was supposed to work but totally. i think a lot of people i remember when he wanted to um go to all ontario's <laughs> and he um somebody at the club said to him oh dylan nobody from our little club ever goes to provincial championships or even yeah. you know Condi. and i turned around to him and i said how dare you take away my child's dream yeah. i always think of this person and would love to speak to her again <laughs> just later. show her the medal <laughs> yeah, and she and this is like you, you know and she said oh don't give them false hopes and i said everybody who goes is just somebody who started off in the sport at some point and he I actually did end up winning all ontario's that year and it was like kind of like eh. <laughs> but, <laughs> totally who is that person but uh but it was a it was a real eye-opener for me to realize that you know it's so important for your child to live their dream and for in this case it wasn't our dream because i didn't have any background in it i wasn't some parent who wanted to duplicate my career and and live totally. vicariously through my child any longer you know yeah. but it was definitely his dream and i think as a parent the hardest part is knowing how to support that dream in mm -hmm. a realistic way mm -hmm. and for the sure. sacrifices you make as a family for that child's dream yeah, let's let's talk about that mm. because I I had a really great conversation um mm. with another Olympian and mm. we were talking about sacrifices mm. and it was such an interesting take cuz I was like, "Oh yeah, the sacrifices that you 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 have in sport." And he's like, "Are they sacrifices or are they choices?" Mhm. Mm and I was like, "Oh, I love that. That's so smart. You're not wrong." <laughs> Yeah, and I think the choices you make as a parent, so not talking about it as an athlete, but as a parent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that there's fina huge financial sacrifices, Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, figure skating is, as I'm sure your sport, is incredibly expensive, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and it's sort of, you know, not just the, the, the ice time, the lessons, the... Um, then it's the outfits and the music for programs and the choreography yeah. for programs. And every year they change, right? Yeah. So, and I remember my daughter when she was going through her difficult teen years, the, the second one, and mm -hmm. she said she wanted to buy some item of designer clothing or something. And okay. um, she, I kind of said, eh, you know, and she said, how much did you just spend? on Dylan's outfit for his season. Yeah. And the outfits were hugely expensive. Nothing you would even, I would never buy myself a dress for that amount of money. Oh my gosh. Okay. Things I didn't think about. I didn't know that right. they were like really, really oh, expensive. You, you can spend thousands oh my in God. one season just on an outfit. Yeah. Wow. Right? So, and then, you know, so it was a, a real kind of wake up call. Like, what mm. do you mean? I have to give you the equivalent of what I just spent on his season, you know? Right. And how, oh gosh, that's really financially draining. Well, I mean, and, and you know, remortgaging your house and making right. big decisions like that where you think, are you out of your mind? Oh. And, and as parents, I think what people don't realize is we feed the machine. 
Right. Because there, it's only much later that you get some support from Sports Canada or your, your federation, right? But you don't get that to start with. No. Not no. for many, many, many years. And, yeah. And um, the grassroots of the sport and getting a kid to an elite level so they can get some funding is what's so expensive. Yep, for sure. And if you sit down and actually many people won't look at what they're spending because they they, they don't want to know. They don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I remember true. once we we kind of calculated it was close like that year was coming close to a million dollars. Oh my gosh. Between like the two kids who were skating together, the coaching, yeah. the lessons, the outfits, the travel, the going to competitions. When you would go to a competition, you had to pay for the coach. You had to pay, yeah. pay for the coach's lost time, their hotel, their food, their this. So it mm -hmm. was <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. For sure. For you know? sure. And, uh, and you don't want your child to feel guilty about that either. Mm -hmm. So you can't really talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's your choice as a parent to do that. Yeah, yeah, you're just biting that bullet. Right, right. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. Yeah. That that is yeah, that is I, I was very lucky in snowboarding to have sponsors at a young age. They don't and have sponsors in figure skating like I, that. <laughs> why not? Is you there's so many skaters out there. I'm so surprised. Your Maybe sponsor we... might be you have a a company that makes figure skates give you a pair of skates for the season. Yeah, and those are expensive too. Yeah, but like when you're talking at that time, I remember they were six hundred dollars or something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like nothing in the big picture. In the of, big picture, for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, parents out there, it ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is, I think, that's sort of the hardest thing is knowing how to recognize is this feeding your child's dream realistic mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. at what point do you scale back and say like are they really talented are they re or am I just doing this recreationally and of course it's hard because they have to get to that point themselves as well right like my daughter did and she said no for different reasons she didn't want to do it anymore mm -hmm. but but I think what what I've seen over many years are parents who are like throwing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into private coaching and private ice and their child is not achieving or not at the level mm -hmm. that you would think spending that kind of money and and as a parent you it's very hard thing to step away and look at it and say mm -hmm. is this what we should be channeling our energy into as for the child and is it their choice and how long is it their choice to keep missing school and yeah all those other things yeah. that go along with it <laughs> I wonder like are those also the parents that are do we call them like helicopter parents and like pushing parents that are just like living their own their other their personal dream and not their kids definitely dream? that as well and there's always the fear that are you having to self examine you know self-reflect and go like why am I letting this continue mm. and one of the things that I don't know if you'll get to is also the whole um, relationship with coaches right because that is a whole nother thing and I know Canada's as with other countries is struggling a lot with the 
um, coaching relationships with children and yeah. as parents seeing sometimes things being said and done that you don't agree with philosophically and going, well, they're achieving their goals, so it must be okay. But as a parent, you're looking at it and going, <laughs> this is my do. child's life. <laughs> this is my child's life. And and in fact, I think there's a lot of, of stuff that goes unsaid and is hard to even right. address. Even now, years later, I'm, yeah. I'm, I sometimes sort of will try and broach it a little bit and and say hey you know I'm sorry if I should have been a little more proactive in but it would have meant no coaching it would have the you would have meant this person would not have the person who's taken them to this level of success exactly. or you know right. there's so right. many ramifications to actually doing something yeah. You know, obviously, if yeah. it was serious abuse, like in, in, in unfortunately, in the gymnastics, gymnastics world, yeah. that has happened. But it's happened in skating. It's happened in hockey. It's happened mm -hmm. in so many sports now. And people are becoming more coming to the forefront and yeah, speaking definitely. out about it. But yeah, um, definitely, so, definitely a hard journey that you're never given guidance from the beginning. Yeah, How it's, it's it? wild. It is wild. So just talking about the coaches. Do um would you be at every practice and every event or did I you tried to be when they were young for mm -hmm. sure I would because I you would have to drive your kids to practice right right yeah and so you would be watching the practice and then driving them to school later or whatever because yeah. usually practices happen during school time. Um, okay. Because recreational kids got the after school spots and mm -hmm. competitive kids got the um, the during they school spots. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And so yeah. let's talk about the competitions. Yeah. Would you be at the high, high end competitions? Would you be at all of them? Would you watch? Oh, yeah. Like my mom would watch. Would, oh, for sure I would watch. Oh, yeah. Okay. I figured if yeah. they have to be out there doing it, I better have the courage to watch. Oh, my gosh. Like, were you gripped in your seat and like um, nervous? Can you anxious? imagine having both your kids competing? No. Together? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Could you breathe for the, the amount mean, of time I, their I program was on? And I used to knit oh, like furiously okay. and make those stupid fluffy scarves that were fashionable at one time. And, and people would buy, the, buy them from me in the stands. Like, oh, I'll have one. I'll have, I remember once paying for my hotel bill with scarf money. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love that. You're an entrepreneur while watching. <laughs> I don't knit anymore. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if you have as much stress in your life anymore. Oh, different kind of stress. Different, different. kind of stress. Yeah, Honestly, you know, don't let people think that's the beginning. I mean, no matter how old your kids are and your life and your career and all those things add stress to your life, I think. For it's sure. Just oh different stress. It yeah, is, yeah. So if if you yeah. were just chatting with a parent that um that their kid was just getting like good at sport and probably around the age of 12 to yeah. 14, what's what's one piece of advice that you would give to the parent? Stay real. Mm. Try to try to contain your own expectations and yeah. and um, I think the hard part is riding the disappointments, not the successes. Ah. 
I think that to me was the hardest part where you know how much work has gone into it, how much training has gone into it, how much expectation the child yeah. has of themselves and when they don't achieve that. And I don't want to say fail because to me, it's not a failure. You know, the Russians mm -hmm. have that expression, gold is the winner, silver is the loser, and bronze is hanging out with the guys at the top. Right. I did not know that. Yeah. And to oh, me, that's, that's kind so of harsh. It is harsh, right? Oh, in the US, they have the platinum, or what they call a pewter, pewter medal. That's fourth. Oh, my God. Okay. 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 And, and I remember Dylan came um, fourth at the World Championships mm -hmm. in Canada. And they, they, I mean, it was so arbitrary. Like, it was so close, but it was such a failure. Right. Not a failure to them, but it was like, we were so close to yeah, having that yeah. world medal. Yeah. Fourth but, is kind of the worst. <laughs> fourth is I the was... worst. I think two years in a row they came fourth, right? It was like, like it is the worst, but is it really the worst? If you look at it from a different perspective. The big perspective, like, yeah. The big perspective. And I think as parents, when everybody knows your child is going and there's this hoo-ha and it's like, so how did they do? A hundred percent. That's the right? only question. And that's the only question, like, when mm. people find out that someone's an Olympian, they're like, well, yeah. how did you do? Did what? you get a medal? And you're like, do you know how hard it is to you just go to the Olympics? bring home the gold? Yeah. Like, exactly. if you don't bring home the gold, you failed your country. Right. Yeah. And I've actually had athletes come up to me mm. from my own country be like, because mm, when I got sixth in Vancouver, they're like, mm, is that what you came here to do? That is awesome. And I was like, like, so I, actually I have a, a, a colleague whose daughter plays competitive uh, volleyball yeah. and they came second okay. and they were devastated. Right, and, because... and I like, I had that conversation with her and I said like, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. The kids who play or skate or ride board or whatever they do. Yeah who would just dream of going to a national championships or going exactly. to a world championships, never mind winning anything. Totally, totally. Like, so I think the glory part, as Dylan calls it, he says, you know, it's that pursuit of glory. Mm -hmm. And but to me, redefining glory, to me, it's like, you know, you go out there every day and train as hard as you can and you yeah. get lucky. You get lucky yeah. because everybody trains really hard at that level. Yep. You got you it. might have an injury. You might have been recovering from an injury. You might have somebody else has got us. Everybody's got a story. Exactly. And I think the most heartbreaking thing was when Sochi happened, like Sochi uh, selection happened. There was a couple of skaters who were devastated they weren't on the team. Right. And I remember just being so heartbroken, as happy as I was for my own kid, right? Yeah. And then, you know, four years later, he's supposed to be on the team for Pyeongchang, and he got injured. Mm -hmm. And the devastation of, like, my ex-husband, his dad, had um, already bought tickets for right. the event, and he, and he went. Oh, gosh. He went. I was like, 
interesting. That would be kind of heartbreaking as well. <laughs> I don't know how he did that. Why he, he said, well, I have the airfares, I have the tickets, I have the event tickets, I'm going. Wow. Yeah. So that's something that we don't actually talk about often. It's yeah. um, for snowboarding, it's like a two week window to find out if you're actually going. And so the parents have so much stress on them. And I always left my parents to their own entity. Yeah. I was like, guys, I need to focus. I need to yeah, do my own thing. And they were great at doing their own thing. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure my dad drove the rest of my family crazy, but bless his soul, they got there. Um, I didn't have them come to Sochi. Because uh, I was a little bit nervous at that time. Did you go to Sochi? Oh, yeah. Well, that's where the only Olympics Dylan went to. Okay, so you the next I did go, and yeah. it was the event was crazy. I mean, you know, you were there. It was yeah. like we were on a on a on a um, one of those cruise ships. That's what I was going to ask because they had yeah, cruise ships. Yeah, that like, it was like <laughs> on the like... cruise ship, and it was like it was it was a pretty I, it was a pretty interesting event very nerve-wracking of course like yeah you know but the most incredible like going back to being a proud parent but what the Mm -hmm. most incredible thing was standing at the fence watching the medal ceremony Ceremony. (gasps) and seeing yeah I can still get like tears in my eyes my child who was now an adult man achieve his life dream What a moment. That was, you know, and 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 just thinking like flash flashbacks of this little boy running around on the ice to yeah. people saying he'll never you'll never make it. Nobody ever from a small club gets up there. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind to an Olympics. And and standing there thinking, you have a medal around your neck at the so Olympics. Amazing. So amazing. Like right. or is that like were you just bursting with Pride, yeah, yeah. I think pride, relief. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> you know. But then you were like, "Oh, we might have another four years. We have another four years because he would have trained another four years." For yeah, Fiona except King. his partner, who he won the medal with, decided to move on to somebody else. I remember that. And yeah. then he got a new partner, and then they were like the top ranked team at the world championship. So they won three spots for Canada and they didn't get one of those three spots. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just fate and, you know. Yeah. And so let's talk about the, just quickly, the disappointment, because you said to celebrate the disappointments. Um, How would you go about that with, with Dylan? You know, with hindsight now and Mm. reflection, I think I would be maybe better I don't think I was a one of those mothers who likes it. Oh my God, you didn't work hard enough. You didn't do this. You, I never, yeah. never, never. But it was so hard because you had, as a mother, your heart is broken if your child is sad. Yeah. And there's a wonderful expression that says you're only as happy as your saddest child. Oh, interesting. So, and and just feeling that huge, huge disappointment uh, and watching your child struggle through those that darkness you know was and just and just reiterating how proud you are of them and they don't Mm -hmm. want to hear that and how much you love them and that you know this doesn't define who they are 
totally. But at that moment, it does define who they are. Mm-hmm. So challenging. I think. Mm-hmm. I think an important thing is like being an athlete, taking that time to reflect and look back on the journey that you've done because. As elite athletes, I don't think any of us actually take the time while we're in it to do that. I always say, you know, you've got to love the journey because it's about the journey. It's Mm -hmm. not so much about the destination. And it's like if you like, you know, road trips, you just better like the road trip. Like if you're going on a road trip, I hate being in the car driving driving all the way to somewhere so like just get me to that end point so, so <laughs> as, a, as an athlete I think you have to say it's the day-to-day grind that I love mm-hmm. and I remember when there was all the um, controversy around the Olympics in Lillehammer mm-hmm. with the figure skating and um, I said Dylan was still very young in his career and I said to him you know how do you feel about sort of bad judging and crooked judging and all the things that came out. And he said, at that time, he said, oh, mom, like, I love skating. Yes, what a good answer. I don't care. But then as the years went by and the stakes were higher, Mm -hmm. he did care. And it was it's heartbreaking to see somebody do the best possible performance and actually – without being biased, knowing they really deserved those points. So when you're looking at a judge sport versus like you cross the line at this second, you win, you don't win, right? Very different, isn't it? uh, And thinking, and I remember him saying to me at one competition, I think the judges don't like me anymore. Oh. And that's heartbreaking, right? Yeah, that's totally heartbreaking. I and, I've, and, I probably I've felt the same because we always would have yeah. the same judges and and yeah. at my last Olympics I was really mad at the judges and I only let myself be mad for two days and then I was That's like, a long time to be mad I know <laughs> like frustrated with what happened yeah, and I, and and I was like two days you can have two days and then you have to reflect and think mm-hmm. about w- the four years you just went through right. Right, exactly. And you can't control those things, you know, and that's what's hard. You can do your very, very best. But at the end of the day, if they want to give 0.01 more point to somebody and that person ends up winning and you don't, there's nothing you can do about it. But you can be proud of your own performance. You have to be able to say that was the best that I could be. Yeah, yeah. But then there's there's that caveat. But it wasn't good enough for a medal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. You're- <laughs> that's what the whole world wants. Oh, your friends, exactly. your family. It's like I remember his grandmother saying, when is he going to stop doing this stupid thing and get on with life? Right? And <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, she died she died the year before the Olympics. Oh, no. So I, it was just one of those things that you would say, look. And my mom, who totally supported his skating from afar, from in South Africa, she was like, would have been, she was always had videos of him skating and would show all her friends. And she passed away a few months before the Olympics. Oh, no. So it was like one of those things I wanted to be able to say, see, all those years that I was involved doing mm-hmm. this. Worth it. Well, it was always worth it. 
Always worth it. Yeah, it for sure. Always worth it. But it oh, takes time to reflect on that, right? So great. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I think this yeah, is going to help other parents. Um, that's why I did this series. So, yeah, Linda, I think it's a great you. idea. Sorry <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> no, it was great. All the insight is is so valuable and like just learning about the journey that you went through from from the parent side. And I said this in, in the previous episode. I'm going to be talking to my parents about this. And I'm going to have them on the show, and I'm a little nervous <laughs> to see what they say, but it's going to be exciting. And uh, oh, I think yeah. I'm going to learn a lot from them as well. From well, I think what you're doing is great, Mercedes. Keep doing it. And actually, I remember you from Sochi. Oh, with my black eye? <laughs> Miss that one. <laughs> no, it's interesting, like, you know, because it was my first ever experience. It was just, I remember you being there. And I think you and Dylan connected. We totally did. Yeah, because I grew up figure skating at the cricket club. I didn't know that piece. Yeah, so Mr. Colson was my coach. Oh, wow. Osborne, back in the day. <laughs> so I always and had Mrs. this, Berker. like, what's that? With Mrs. Burke there. Yeah, Mrs. Burke was there. Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> We're going way back. <laughs> Mercedes, I do remember you competing because as you as I'm talking, your name, like right. I remember what is that name, Mercedes, is so different. <laughs> oh my goodness, like a Thornhill or something. I remember. Maybe I was so little that it was fun. It was really good times, but I'm I'm grateful I chose snowboarding over skating. Oh yeah, <laughs> out in the fresh air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Well, Linda, thank you so thank much you. for dropping in today. This was amazing. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. This is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.